Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to a new week. I'm going to read to you out of the book of uh, Philippians chapter 4. Many people are familiar with the um, uh, verse 8, which says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And we could spend many, many podcasts talking about the thought life, and, and we have. But I want to read the next verse, verse 9. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I think this is an interesting um, verse because he lays out four things. Uh, the Apostle Paul does um, lays out four things to the church and basically says, do these things. First of all, number one is those things that you've learned. You know, for all of us, when we come uh, around the Word of God, there's learning that takes place. There's, we learn, uh, and that's why I take the time to, to, to do some teaching on this podcast, to, um, uh, uh, to break down what a definition is. What's the difference between grace and mercy, you know? When you, when you understand the right way of doing things, there's an effective way to pray. We don't pray... Uh, we, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. Um, so for us, there's a, there's a right way to do things. So that which you've learned, there's a lot of learning that takes place in the gospel. Um, and then the next thing it says, and received. Uh, and I think, and this is what I want to focus on today, but there's, there's, there's a quality of the gospel, of the things of God, uh, that, it, that, that is impartation and isn't learning. So in the in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, and it's famous because it made it into, I think, a Beatles song, but it says there's a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to laugh, excuse me, a time to laugh, a time to cry, time to rejoice, time to mourn, um, right? There's a time for peace, time for war. And it, and it kind of goes over this, but the thing that I always get out of that uh, uh, is that know what, know what time you're in now. So when it's time to work, don't be spending time thinking about being off work. Focus on what you're doing. When you're off work, take that time. When you're in worship, worship. Uh, when you're in the Word, be in the Word. When you're in the Word, don't be thinking about work. <laughs> you know, focus. Focus. There's a time for each thing. Once it's allotted, you can take the pressure off. Many people I talk to, and I used to be this way. Every time I was doing something, I was thinking about, oh, I need to be doing something else. So when you're doing it, do it, right? But but there's um, there's an impartation uh, to the gospel. Uh, Romans chapter one verse eleven says, um, verse ten says, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Verse eleven, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. I believe that a lot of times, a lot of, much of the Christian church. Uh, isn't in the place spiritually that they should be uh, because there's been a lot of learning. There's been a lot of, as uh, Philippians 4.9 says, there's been a lot of hearing that which you've learned, received, heard, and seen in me. There's been a lot of learning that they've done. They've learned about the kingdom of God. They've learned about the different things in the word. Um, They've heard, they've, they've heard, uh, they've seen, they've seen it modeled. They've seen a, a, a preacher that's that's lived the right way and lived a holy life. But what's missing is the impartation. It's the receiving of the gospel. You know, for us, 
uh, the father, he sent the son. And obviously the son's job was there to come and, and give us life. I believe the son played a few major roles. Number one, obviously, was to he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And so for us, there's, um, uh, uh, there's the perfect sacrifice. So that way we can even have access to God. Without Jesus, we wouldn't have access to the Father. So number one, he came um, as, the, as the perfect sacrifice. Number two, he came to model the perfect life. He came to show us what the normal Christian life is. Um, he came to teach us. He came to show us the right behavior. He came to teach us and set the record straight about God. He came to, uh, he was the express image of God. So he came to show us the nature and character of God. But then he also came to destroy the works of the devil. Um, but what he did is, is the father sent the son. But when the son, le- son left, he said, I'm going to send the comforter. And that's, and the Holy Spirit is someone that we receive in the same way that you receive salvation. There's an impartation. And along with the Holy Spirit, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so there's a, there needs to come a place in our Christian life where there's a time of receiving from the anointing. There's a time of receiving. If you look at the book of Acts, the, the, whole, the world was turned upside down by the apostles, but it was because of what happened on the day of Pentecost. It was because of, because of the mighty rushing wind. It was because of the cloven tongues of fire. It was because of the, the Holy Spirit sent to earth. In the same way, Jesus did no, no miracles before the, his baptism in the Holy Ghost. Neither did the, the disciples were instructed, hey, go tarry in Jerusalem. And so many people, I believe, have neglected the receiving. And so I, uh, when, when we come around the things of God, there's time to be taught. But there needs to come a time where our expectation shifts and we're not sitting there with our thinking caps on, but we open our heart to receive. Many people, the barrier they have in receiving from the anointing, first of all, is they just don't go to a church that allows it. If you look at a lot of the church that's modeled and not to take away from from the effectiveness of some of the churches that have great followings, but there's no move of the Spirit of God. There's a great word, there's great worship, but there's no time, there's no time given for the Holy Spirit to do what he, he does. If you look back and you read uh, books by Kenneth Hagin and you read, uh, you listen to Kenneth Hagin on YouTube or you read books by Smith Wigglesworth and you look back to some of these revivals. And even if you look back to the early church and what they see, I mean, it's foreign to us. You see Paul talking about the move of the Spirit of God and he talks about prophecy and he talks about people standing up and giving a tongue and an interpretation of tongue. And 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 you see this that that there's a yes, there's a time we learn the precepts line upon line, precept upon precept. But there's a time for impartation. You see it again in Acts four, where they come together and they pray and they come together in one accord and they say, "Father, you see, behold their threatenings. Give us boldness, Lord. Work signs and wonders." And it says the place where they were was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And so for them, there's there's a clear marking of impartation. And the, uh, and the, you see there in Romans 1.11, it says, I want to impart a spiritual gift so that you can be established. So there's an establishing that happens by the anointing, by the Spirit of God. There's an establishing that happens to the church where there's a special grace and gifting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your special gracing and your gifting. I'm not, <laughs> I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for the special gracing and gifting that I've received under the anointing. And then um, 2 Corinthians one twenty one says, Now he which establishes us 
with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. There's an anointing that lives on the inside of every believer. Every born-again believer who's been baptized in the Holy Ghost has an anointing on the inside of them. But the question is, is that anointing at work? The Bible says, you're familiar with the verse, it says, Ephesians 3.20, it says, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above all we ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us. The Holy Ghost is living within you. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can't get any more anointed. But for many people, there's no outflow of the anointing. It's like if you go to a well and the well is dry, there's, there's water at the bottom. Uh, you go to a well and, and there's, or a pump, there's, a, you, there's like a hand pump. What do you do? To get the water up, you have to prime the pump. That doesn't just mean pumping the pump. That means you pour water down so that you can pump and it, and it coats it to pull back up. And so for many believers, there's an anointing waiting to be released. Jesus said in John 7, 37 through 39, he talked about um, the river uh, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water, life-giving water. There's life that's looking to be flowing out of you by the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost's water. It's the Holy Ghost river. But but there needs to come a time for all of us where we come to the anointing to receive. Many Christians are just too busy, too busy. It's the uncomfortable, it's the part where they lose control. And so it's the uncomfortable part. They, you know, they'll go so far, but the moment they feel the anointing, they back off. Oh, I'm, uh, that's uncharted territory. But there comes a point where we have to trust the Spirit of God to say, Lord, Come and burn out what you want to burn out. Lord, I'm placing myself at your altar. I'm pressing into your presence. Come and fill me up to overflowing. Have you ever been so filled by the anointing that you've laughed uncontrollably? That's in the Bible. Have you ever been filled with the anointing that you've cried and laughed at the same time? Have you ever been so filled by the presence of God that, that, that you, you felt the tangible peace of God? You felt the tangible peace of God. Have you ever been filled with the anointing to where you could barely move? That's the presence of God. That's an infilling that comes from the Spirit of God. That's the receiving. That's the impartation that God wants to give. And I want to say it doesn't have to look a certain way. People have different experiences with God. There's things that other people have experienced that I never have. It's not about a comparison. It's about surrender to the living God. It's about allowing Him to anoint your head with oil so your cup runs over. It's, and it's, it's about being established in Him. You know, the Spirit of God is so important because when we come, that's why the devil hates the move of God because it's, it's, it's something that activates the believers. It's, you look at the day of Pentecost. What did it do to Peter? It made a timid person who's already a Christian. He was a Christian. He denied Christ. You know, he's like, he'd been with Jesus for three, three and a half years. He was a follower of Jesus. He was the one who said, uh, you're the, they, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And he said, you, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So he was right there with the Lord. He was the one who walked on water. You know, this is Peter, but he went from denying Christ and he went to standing up and boldly proclaiming. What's that? That's the power of the Holy Ghost. But it took them setting themselves aside and waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so for us, I believe, especially as we get closer to the return of the Lord, you know, when it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road, as they say, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? My desire is to always be moving forward in the things of God. 
is to always be moving forward. If you're believing the Lord to see miracles, it comes by the word, but it comes by staying full of the Holy Ghost. It comes by being bubbling, bubbled over, if that's even a phrase, being bubbling over in the Holy Ghost. It comes by, by filling, being filled with the presence of God. It comes by, by taking time alone to press into the presence of God. And so I want to be an encouragement to you today to, to get back to the basics of the gospel. For many of you, you were filled in days gone by, but Christianity's become this intellectual thing. And it's, there is the learning part of it, but there's not just the learning part of it. There's the receiving part of it as well. Open up your heart. Press into the Lord. Come to receive. Lord, I'm setting this time aside. Learn to notice, the, to learn to discern, and learn to become sensitive to the anointing. So when people start getting touched, when the anointing comes, that you can just open your heart and receive. And you get hungry for yourself. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so what you do is you open your heart and say, Lord, come and fill me. Lord, fill me by your presence. Touch me today. Lord, if anyone's getting a touch, it's me. Lord, I need to be filled with your spirit. Don't leave me out. Lord, if you're looking to impart some spiritual gift, look no further. Father, here I am. Lord, I love you. And you and you begin to pour out your love. If you're saying, I don't know where to start with receiving, you start, I believe, by pouring out your love for God. When you when you come into the anointing, or if you go, if you're by yourself and you say, Hey, I, there's I don't go to a church that lets the Holy Spirit move. I don't go to a church where people get touched and people cry in the presence of God. I don't go to that type of church. Well, you can join our church online, number one, revival.com. You can join the services. But besides that, for yourself, get close the door, get into a room, turn on anointed praise and worship, and just pour out your love towards God and say, Lord, I've come to receive. And you put your eyes on Jesus and watch what he'll do. He'll open your heart. You'll find yourself laughing. You'll find yourself crying. Come and receive. Be filled with a fresh infilling. It's time to be established in the anointing. And we do it by the power of God. The Bible says it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. The, lev- the heavy lifting that you need to do in your life, you can do one of two ways. You can try to do it in your own strength, or you can do it by the spirit of God. I trust the anointing. And so I know when I minister, it's allowing the anointing to flow, allowing the presence of God to flow. So I'm not the one trying to make something happen. <laughs> the anointing within me moves mountains. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person listening. I thank you for the gifts and the call of God on their life. I pray that you use them and impact them in a mighty way. Father, those things that they've heard, those things that they've learned, those things that they've received, and those things that they've seen, let them do them. Lord, let this year be a year of receiving. Let this month be a month of receiving. Let this week, Father, by your presence, let people who have never received a touch from you be touched this week. Lord, even as they, as they press into you, surprise them with your presence. And then, Lord, I thank you even for those who've received a touch from you in the past, but maybe have grown, grown dry. Father, let their Christianity not be a burden to them. Let it be a joy. Let the oil of joy overflow. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I love you. Uh, we thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next podcast.